it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We are live. We are live. It's Friday. Got a lot to talk about. Bunch of injuries going into the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about Thursday night football. A lot of stuff that happened in yesterday's game. Also, we're going to go into our wide receiver rankings, our tight end rankings going into the weekend. Hope everyone's doing well. Zach, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. You know, last night was an interesting game. It's too bad, too. I had to get hurt. You know, some doctor that the doctors that told him that he could go back in uh, last week are in some deep shit today. <laughs> they are. They are. Because, the NFL PA, you know, they're, they're definitely going to look into that. I mean, you know, I, I thought they were already looking into it last week. Yeah, that's what they said. So that right? just doubles it. That makes it twice as bad for whoever said that he could play. I mean, I mean, he looked fine playing before that. And it wasn't like, you know, he just got tapped and breathed on and, you know, he had his hands all mangled. I don't know if you saw that, but it's like, and they kept showing that same replay for some reason. If you're watching it, oh my God. it's like, why do they keep showing it? But um, I know. yeah, so I know. It, it just sucks to see that uh, he, what he was like slung down. It wasn't like he was just breathed on. So that, that it was just an unfortunate break. Um, and now it's just all in the spotlight right now. That's a completely different topic, but definitely interesting. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it sucks, dude. It, it sucks. Like, you know, Hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that Tua can get right, right? He takes some yeah. time to get right, right? It was a pretty scary him, Maybe he takes him. some time to, you know, recover this time. <laughs> I hope so, man. You know, he had to be rushed to the hospital by ambulance, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he, um, he flew home with the team. And, you know, obviously the player in, in him probably wants to just get back on the field. But um, right. he needs right. to take the time. That's the thing, right? Like, the player always wants to just get back in the field. Like, player who gets a concussion, if you ask the player what they want to do, they're going to be like, hey, man, like, I want to get back into the game right now. Yeah. Right. right. Um, but, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. He, he he said, you know, and the team said that it was his back that yeah. locked up in week mm-hmm. three. Um, you know, and, and it's inter- and I don't know, man. Like, there were independent concussion, you know, specialists, neurologists or whatever that deemed it not a concussion. The, the, the PA, NFL PA, you know, apparently opened up an investigation on it and, I don't know if they found anything. I didn't hear anything about that. But, you know, obviously makes the situation look a lot worse because, yeah. you know, it was only four days after he took that big hit yeah. in week three. Right? That, it wasn't like even a week. It's only four days. Mm-hmm. That's the tough part about it. 100%. T. Higgins went through a similar thing too. Uh, I mean, not, not all that similar, but like, you know, he yeah. was in the concussion protocol. He got hit big in week one. Right, he left early. Um, he was in the concussion protocol between week one and week two. He was cleared for week two, and then he took a big hit in week three. I don't know if you remember yeah. that last, like not not last night, but last week on Sunday, he mm-hmm. took a big hit, and he came right back in the game. 
So yeah. that's like two concussions potentially in the matter of 14 days, but he was he was deemed fine, mm -hmm. you know. And it, it's it? pretty it's pretty scary to me, dude. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, we actually went a pretty decently long time, I think, without having like too many con notable concussion injuries. But now it's just like all crashing in uh, these past few days. But um, yeah, no, two and not being know. there, it, big fantasy implications too. We'll get to that. We will, we will. And, you know, I just want to talk about this Tua thing because like it's pretty, like for the sake of these players, I think there needs to be more done, right? Like, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but like I have no yeah. idea what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. Like <laughs> right. but from a layman's perspective, it seems like not enough is being done, right? Like, I have two kids. I got two small daughters, so I doubt they have any aspirations to go to the NFL. Uh, but like, if I had a son, like it would be really hard for me, you know, just where we're at, you know, in what we know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it would be hard for me to have them play football. Like, I'm from, I'm from New York City. Like, there's not a big, like, grow up and play football, like organized football, like yeah. for for your for your high school, whatever. There's not a big culture of that. But I'm in New Jersey now. I'm in the town of New Jersey, and these kids start at third grade like the football program in this town starts in the third grade right yeah you know what i'm saying and then they go all the way they're hitting and tackling each other in the third grade and then they go all the way up through high school obviously if they play if they and then if they play in college you know what is that that's that's you know you're 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 eight in third grade you get out of college at like 20 21 22 so that's like 13 14 years uh, of hitting and getting hit yeah right so and like that's before think, anything happens on an nfl field which is just yeah crazy. And even like like even if your kid doesn't make it to the NFL, most likely they won't. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 14 <laughs> years of getting a hit. You know what I'm saying? Like all that, all the future potential ramifications there. Like I don't know, man. That'd be super tough for me, dude. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> you know I hear it 100. I mean, they they have those like goofy looking guardian caps that they wear in practice, but like, I mean, you could say that's doing something for them. But I'm, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really sure. You know, you think they find a way to like put that into the helmet and then have it worn on like game day, like instead of making it like this big poofy cloud thing, yeah. you know, and, it's, and it's only help. it's only for blockers. It's only for like linemen. And yeah. Ends, you and know, so a couple teams, I think like the Steelers had everybody wear them like just oh, by, that's as, right. As that's a right. Coaching policy. That was Mike Tomlin. But um, I remember that. Like I said, you feel like they would put it like in the helmet. Like I'm obviously it, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, just put it in the helmet, <laughs> you know, like, but it looks really goofy on top. And if it helps, you know, you think they'd incorporate it or have incorporated it already. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, like I said, we're just guys out here throwing ideas out. We don't know anything that goes into it, I but it, it's just a thought. <laughs> it is. All right. All right. We let's get right. back to the game itself yeah. from yes, last night. Tyreek Hill, uh, he ended up with a solid game with 14 targets. Uh, Jalen Waddle had a game. You know, kind of to forget, you know, when it comes to the stat sheet, you know, Tyreek, you know, he had that 40 yard bomb, not from Tua, but from Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, you know, like before Tua got hurt, like before he got the concussion, like, you know, the offseason narrative of Tua not being able to deliver that deep ball, you know, we, we did see that firsthand in that first half, you know, when he yeah. threw that interception because he was trying to hit Tyreek in stride. He ended up overthrowing it pretty badly, and it ended up being an interception. So, you know, something to, to you know keep an eye on. Obviously, you know, Tyreek was able to do his thing the first couple of weeks of the season, but you know, something that you know is we're going to potentially see a little bit more of that, you know, throughout the year. But he, he I'm not worried about it in terms of his fantasy value. Um, yeah. Raheem Mostert, he was a clear RB one on Thursday night. Seventy two percent of the snaps, eighteen opportunities. He ran around on sixty seven percent of dropbacks. That's a very clear, very preferential treatment, treatment from Mike yeah. McDaniel. Um, you know, obviously Chase Edmonds, he he had the touchdown. He almost had two touchdowns, 
right? When he mm-hmm. dropped that pass, you know, maybe it's possible that, you know, that was very early. Like, in, I think it was their first drive where he where he dropped that touchdown pass, if I'm not mistaken, first or second I drive. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They so for a field goal. That's what it was. it's possible that, you know, that led to, you know, you know, uh, you know, most are getting you got like a doghouse. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's the case. Like, you know, a drop pass. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to like be benched because of it. Um, yeah. You know, it's different if you like fumble or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 who knows? Uh, but but yeah, most are. He was the early down leader, goal line leader, third down leader, two minute snap leader. Um, and if something like that sticks for any running back, that's every week RB2 with upside. So, you know, the question is obviously, will it stick, right? So we don't know that for sure. This could go back and forth. But for now, like if you grab them on we- on waivers this past week, I feel I feel like you're, you're kind of feeling good about it, you know, because he can potentially be someone you can actually put in your lineup. Whereas coming into the week, you had no idea. Yeah, no, I hear you. And we've talked about Chase Evans a lot and how he should, we thought that he would have the workload that kind of Raheem Mostert's getting right now. Yeah. And that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's very disappointing. Uh, <laughs> Raheem Mostert, you know, uh, you got to, I'm, I'm not going to say you got to wonder about his, how his health is going to hold up, but he is an older back, you know? Exactly. Yeah, uh, he, like Chase Edmonds is very dynamic. I don't see, like, even though he got the majority of touches this week, I don't see it staying as like, the Raheem Mostert show, and then Chase Edmonds coming in every little bit. I think it's going to find its way back to more of a, an even split. Um, even if Raheem Mostert's getting, you know, 60% of the work as opposed to Chase Edmonds getting 40, you know, it shouldn't be that bad for Chase Edmonds. But right now, you know, they said they ride the hot hand, I think. So, you, you know, you want to start whoever the hot hand is right now. If it's Chase Edmonds, start Chase. If Chase Edmonds has a good week, start Chase Edmonds. If, if, What's his name? Um, Raheem Mostert has a good week like he's had the past two weeks. Start him until further notice because I feel like it's just going to flip-flop all, all, all season. It, it could very well be the case. Um, you, know, T, you know, T. Higgins, man, beast. Yeah. Beast mode. Um, you know, and, and this is info from Jacob Gibbs over at CBS Fantasy. When him and Jamar Chase have been on the field together during their careers, Higgins has had more targets, more catches, more yards, more PPR fantasy points. And as of right now, he has one less PPR fantasy point than Chase uh, for the year. So that's basically one catch for zero yards in PPR, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so they're basically much pretty even at this. They're like pretty much dead even at this point. So, you know, I would assume Jamar Chase finishes as a wide receiver one. And if T. Higgins continues to do what he's doing, he's likely going to finish as a uh, wide receiver one as well. So um, we'll see how that works. Obviously, you know, where you drafted Jamar Chase, you were hoping that, you know, the upside is greater. But I do feel like his upside. We're gonna, he's going to have some big big games. Quiet, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but he still had some production, so you know we should continue to see some boom weeks, you know, from Jamar Chase going forward. Yeah, and, and and that's just the way the Bengals' offense is going to be. Like I said, Joe Burrow seems to be distributing the ball a lot better than he did last season. It was all like the Jamar Chase show, and now it's kind of you know anybody who's open is going to be involved. Jamar Chase didn't have like a shortage of targets. It's not like he didn't get his looks. You know, he had, he had six targets. He caught four of them for 81 yards. It's not a bad stat line. You finish the night with 12 points. No one's going to be like angry at that. But um, maybe knowing his upside, you might be a little bit upset. But, um, you know, T. Higgins is very talented too. And we talked about it yesterday on the podcast, how he's pretty much a wide receiver one on a lot of teams if he's not playing alongside Jamar Chase. And they both are technically wide receiver ones. But Really, as long as Joe Burrow is our quarterback and the Bengals are actually starting to look like the Bengals now, you know, I think both receivers have the upside every week to be, you know, overall wide receiver one. 
It doesn't necessarily mean they're both going to cash in on the same week or have that complete upside, but I think they have the chance to do that because they're both supremely talented in a good offense with a great quarterback. Um, and obviously, Joe Burrow likes throwing to Chase and Higgins. He doesn't really seem to be favoring either one right now, and that's actually good yeah. from a fantasy perspective. Good for the league, um, not necessarily for one team over another, but you know, don't worry about Chase not scoring a touchdown. You know, he'll get touchdowns. We've seen, we saw it in his rookie year. We'll see it again this year. Just keep starting them, and they're both automatic starts. You know, you can have both of them. I think as wide receiver ones on your team. Zach Taylor, like his play calling was just confusing to me. You know, it's just like there was so many opportunities for him them to score, but he just wants to run Joe Mixon up the middle, like every, every single play, and it wasn't yeah. working the whole the whole the whole the whole time. It wasn't working, right? So now, you know, going at the end of the game, he wants to do the same thing with Joe Mixon. It's like, dude, like especially on first down, it's like there are yeah. higher percentage type of plays out there, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you don't <laughs> right. have to do that. You have T Higgins, you have Jamar Chase, you have Tyler Boyd, even like. You can, there's a mismatch here. You're going to be able to figure it out, you know? So like, mm. you know, you got to get a little bit more creative, man. If you have Joe Mixon, you know, you're loving the usage, but you got to be wondering, you know, like there's a lot left on the table. I think, you know, 24 carries for 61 yards. He did I have agree. four catches. So that was kind of, you know, helping him. And I think he actually had a couple other catches next because they got, they were like technically backwards passes and accounted as a pitch and not a catch. Yeah, I saw that. I, I was saw like, like two or three of those. Where you know I'd look down and be like, oh, another Joe Mixon catch, and it would register as a two-yard carry. I was like, okay, but you were probably disappointed if you saw that last night. But the usage is there. I mean, clearly they're happy yeah. to use him. So, yeah, if, if I had I Joe it. Mixon, I'd be happy. Yeah. But just overall for a Bengals from a Bengals like offense perspective, just like have the offense kind of like create on their own, it, it wasn't ideal last night. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like you know, you're super happy with the usage with Joe Mixon, but you feel like you know he has 24 carries, he should have more than 61 yards. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that, that kind of signals, you know, if the Bengals offense would sit back, the coach would sit back and be like, OK, what isn't working? Like that would be the first thing that I key in on. I, I would say that maybe Joe Mixon would have some of his carries uh, taken away, not necessarily taken away, but um, they wouldn't hand it to him as much. <laughs> yeah. Or or just like create better running angles, create better running plays. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that they could do. All right. Um, but yeah. Well, they saw in that first drive, you know, they just had the whole offensive line uh, push Joe Mixon in the end zone. They said, oh, maybe we could do that every right. play. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. That, that was right, the philosophy there. Seriously, man. All right, let's get into the wide receiver rankings. Uh, we got no surprise. Actually, it might be a surprise for some people, but no surprise. Stephon Dixon has been absolutely killing it. Right. He's at number one. He's been balling, right? One of the best matchups on the slate against Baltimore, who's getting up the most fantasy points to wide receivers the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the first three weeks. So you're obviously starting Stefan Dix, no doubt about it. Cooper Cup at number two. Uh, in two games against San Francisco last year, he caught seven balls in each of them for 120 yards in each of them and caught a touchdown in each of those games. So he's looking like he's going to be projection? just fine. What's your projection? I would say like maybe like seven for 120 and maybe like – maybe I think he scores. I think he hits tighter. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Sounds about right. <laughs> we got Justin Jefferson at number three. Hoping for a bounce back for him. Uh, you know, he's going to see shadow coverage most likely from Marshawn Lattimore, who has been playing pretty well so far this year. Still, regardless, obviously, he's in your lineup. Uh, Tyreek Hill at number four. Uh, obviously, you know, this is I had this before coming into the week, uh, but had a very solid game last night. He didn't hit the end zone, but had a very solid 20 point, actually 20 Maybe twenty-five point performance without even scoring, which I think, or you know, that's a good ranking for twenty-five points. 
I, I without even too. scoring a touchdown. The dude is a beast, man. Yeah. The dude's a beast. You know, um, I had Jamar Chase at five. I had T. T Higgins down at, I think it was 11. Uh, I had him at 12. We took out Amara St. Brown. Now he's at 11 uh, as yeah. a wide receiver one. Uh, Devonta Adams at six. We're hoping he gets some damn receiving yards this week. Right. Uh, Denver yeah. has been pretty good defending wide receivers so far. Not the easiest matchup in the in the world. Uh, it's possible that Patrick Sutan shadows him. Uh, that's a very likely possibility in this game. Um, and the hope is that he's kind of left on an island with him. Yeah. Because if you leave Devonta Adams on an island with anybody, he's going to tear them apart. He's going to eat them alive. And, yeah. you know, you know, despite Sutan having a pretty good start to his season, still Devonta Adams we're talking about. Um, that's what I was the hope say. is that. The hope is that Derek Carr finds him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, with Devonta Adams, you know, it doesn't matter if he's being shadowed or if he's on an island with anybody. He's going to win at least 50% of the reps. You know, it's it's not going to be like, oh, well, he's being shadowed. Now you can't throw to Devonta Adams. Um, I think, who did they play last week? Tennessee. I think Tennessee did a really good job neutralizing Devonta Adams. Of course, you know, that let Mac Hollins leak out and just go crazy. But um it seems like the formula for st- stopping Devontae Adams is three guys in coverage against him. And that worked pretty well for Tennessee, at least if you're looking to neutralize Devontae Adams' production. Um, I- I'd look for him to get back to Devontae Adams' things this week. I-, I think it's a divisional game. It'll be a hard-fought one. I think it could end up being higher scoring. Which We just keep waiting for this Broncos offense to kind of come out, you know, and show us that it's like what we thought it would be. And it hasn't yet. So it's just like any week now. So maybe this is the week. It's a divisional game. It could be. It's just the way those games tend to go. Um, I, I do like Devonta Adams at six, but he, you know, the matchup on paper isn't ideal. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's Devonte. He scored a touchdown each of the last three weeks. I think he, I think he can get it done this week. The hope is that they don't double him. But with the poten- with the potential shadow coverage, there's a chance that they don't. Yeah, that's the hope. Uh, AJ Brown at number seven. Uh, solid matchup for him against Jacksonville. Uh, I had Jalen Waddle at eight. He had to overcome a groin issue. He had to overcome Tua leaving the game in the second quarter. Didn't stop Tyreek Hill. But, yeah. you know, Jalen Waddle, you know, it wasn't ideal coming into the week overall, right? He didn't practice or he got limited in at least on Tuesday. You know, short week, whatever. We'll give him the pass. The guy who was leading the league or close to leading the league in receiving yards with Tyreek Hill, we'll give him a pass for one week. Yeah. Um, and he was my, technically ranked at nine before Amandre St. Brown was pulled out. So, you know, just true. If, that, if that discrepancy, you know, makes it look any better. <laughs> <laughs> he was on this first line, though. Yeah. Um, I had Michael Pittman at number nine. Uh, this is a great matchup against Tennessee. They've given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers so far through three games. Second, most specifically on the side where Pittman runs 50% of his routes from uh, on the left side against Christian Fulton. Uh, but either side, honestly, against Terrence Mitchell, too, he has a chance to eat this week. Now, yeah. that being said, most of that production has come from Stefan Dix, right? When he tore them up a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. And uh, Matt Collins. Don't forget Matt Collins. <laughs> can't forget Matt Collins. That's true. Uh, you know, so one thing to you know always keep in mind is the potential double team here, right? Stefan yeah. Dix destroyed them in week two. Then they doubled Devonta Adams all game long last week. So hopefully Matt Ryan can still find spots for Pittman and they can get creative and get him the ball, right? And they don't just, you know, this is a situation where like, you know, their, their main receiver here, you know, is Michael Pittman and there's a big drop off after Michael Pittman. So do they choose to do what they did to Devontae Adams last week? It is possible. Okay. 
You obviously start Michael Pittman. You're hoping that doesn't happen. You're hoping he gets his, uh, but you never know. Maybe we see like Ash and Doolin, you know, get a hundred yards yeah. and a touchdown this week, and everyone's gonna go grab him off the waiver wire the following <laughs> week. But but who knows? Right. At ten, we have Mike Evans making his return. Uh, I expect him to be peppered with targets this week. You know, it, it's a situation where like you know Julio Jones is banged up, Chris Godwin's likely out. Uh, you know. Russell Gage got a bunch of targets last week, but I think it's going to be the Mike Evans show uh, against Kansas City this week. That's what uh, it has to be. You know, it has to be. Even with Russell, when Russell Gage was on the field himself, you know, it wasn't like a tremendous output. And maybe that's because, like I talked about in the other episode, he's more of a complimentary receiver. But um, Mike Evans is the guy. And this is the guy we've been pinning the whole offseason to kind of be a target hog for Tom Brady. Because, oh yeah, you know, if he wasn't suspended, you know, this is the constant in the receiving game. It's Mike Evans. So... Tom Brady's going to, you know, gravitate towards that in the passing game. Dude, they get on each other's nerves, man. Like, Mike Evans can't control himself when it comes to when it comes to Marshawn Lattimore. Like, yeah. he cannot control himself. He's just like, I hate this guy with all my guts. Uh, yeah, it's, but we it's got, <laughs> We got Every T. Time. Higgins at 11, CeeDee Lamb at 12, Keenan Allen at 13. Uh, you know, there was a report that Allen left practice early. Uh, with trainers so and there was no really no other word than that like usually that's not a great sign yeah maybe he tweaked his hamstring again uh and if that's the case we might be looking at another week uh of him being out you Mm -hmm. know so when somebody leaves with trainers in practice early that's never a great sign uh we'll get more information they are on the west coast so it will it'll be later in the day where we get that when we get that information Hopefully we get some good news because I do have him in the league and I really need to start him. But <laughs> if he gets another limited, my guess is that he should be good to go. Uh, yeah. But we'll see what his practice status is for Friday. If he did right. tweak it, my assumption is he won't practice today and he won't play. So that's, that, that's, that's fingers crossed that that's not what happened. You know what I'm saying? Because Keenan Allen's very good. Yes. Debo at 14, Christian Kirk at 15, Cortland Sutton at 16, followed by Marquise Brown, Amari Cooper. Curtis Samuel and Deontay Johnson to close out the top 20. Really hard to ignore two straight 10 plus target games, 100 yard games for Mari Cooper. He caught a touchdown in both games as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep riding, uh, riding that production. Uh, I was going to mm. say keep riding him. I did not. Let's keep riding that production <laughs> against an Atlanta secondary, uh, giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. Fourth most so far through four weeks. Uh, he might get a shadow uh, from AJ Terrell. But right. Terrell himself, he has allowed half a fantasy point per route run against him so far this year. That's not good. Uh, you know, he's a good corner, but so far this year in shadow coverage, he hasn't been shut down. So right. not worried about it for Amari Cooper. And, you know, I might go as far as say is like Amari Cooper's the start of the week for me. I, I, he's the start of the week for me. You know, he might not necessarily be the upside um, guy, but, you know, you could start him pretty confidently, I think, this week with the way he's been playing. The connection that he and Jacoby Brissett have obviously showed the past two weeks. Um, he, he's obviously talented. You'd be surprised to hear that the Browns got him for peanuts from Dallas, but um, you know he, he he is a good route runner. So I don't think the ma- I don't think the matchup being shadowed is going to hurt him that much. He's not a Devontae Adams, but he is still good. He can he can survive on an island. And like you said, the matchup is great. I, I think this has Amari Cooper, you know, maybe a third straight hundred yard performance. Um, if things go right, uh, I don't see how Amari Cooper underperforms in this one. So that's why I'm calling him start of the week. Oh, baby. I love it. I love it. All right. Going at, going back to going to number 21 here, we have Drake London, certified stud, Chris Olave. We got two rookies in the top 24 here. 
t- yeah. top top two, uh, you know, top twenty four wide receivers. That's pretty good, right? Uh, top twenty four. And then I got Gabe Davis at twenty three. Um, but looking at Olave real quick, you know, his usage over the past two weeks has been insane, right? We haven't seen him with Andy Dalton, right? So there's no guarantee that we see similar usage. Uh, right. But Olave, you know, he seems to be getting open with ease. Right. And I'm okay playing Olave with Michael Thomas out. Oh, we didn't even get to the news. I had a bunch of news to talk about, but <laughs> I just realized right now that we didn't get into the news at all. We we could jump into that maybe after the wide receiver rankings. Let's here. do after wide receiver rankings. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned for the news. We got news. We got yeah. we got players Watch to talk news. about going into the year, going into the week. Um, but yeah, so spoiler alert from the news, Michael Thomas has been declared out. Okay, so Chris Olave, uh, I have him here at 22 and he's a wide receiver too i was gonna rank him as a wide receiver too or close to it with michael thomas in yeah. uh so you know so so considering that Jameis winston's out and then I, I still think he's gonna get his target share right it's gonna be him and jarvis landry pretty much you know potential more check downs like alvin Kamara, who by the way spoiler alert from the news it looks like he's going to play despite him being questionable he still has a rib injury still bothering him apparently yeah. so you know keep an eye out for that but he should get peppered uh, in the past game, more from Andy Dalton than he was from Jameis Winston. That's that's what I'm assuming. Nick Underhill, you know, who who is a beat reporter for New Orleans, he he said the same thing. He, Nick Underhill's the best because he he knows that people are look following him on Twitter for fantasy like tidbits and stuff like that. He's awesome. He's one of the best beat reporters in the nation when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like I'm okay starting Olave. I want to start him. There's a ton of upside. Not as much with Jameis, you know, in the lineup because he loves to chuck it down deep to Olave. Check it down deep. Check it down deep. <laughs> that's that's how James Winston chuck checks I'm, I'm, That's how James Winston checks it down. He just throws it. <laughs> I meant to say chuck it deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But check it down deep. That doesn't make any sense. No, at all. no, it does work. Like I said, does it? James check it case, down. Did you see did check you see the play where he just threw it into the fray last week where Marquez Callaway, Callaway caught it with one hand? Oh, that for the touchdown? Know. Yeah. That's how yes. that was a pick 100% if Marcus Callaway doesn't make a one handed like spectacular. Listen, man, that's Jameis Winston for you. That's right how there, he man. checks it down. He just throws <laughs> that's it. so true. That's so true. He just he just looks for wherever it's crowded and he just throws yeah. it into that. Someone's crowd. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. Uh, let's see. We got, So we got Gabe Davis at 23. Now, uh, Davis, he came back last week, right, from that ankle injury. He ran a route on 96% of dropbacks uh, in, week, in week three. He ran around on 100% of dropbacks in week one, yet only accounted for 16% target share and 11% target share. Not good. Okay. Right. Uh, he didn't practice on Thursday, which isn't great. And apparently he has aggravated that ankle injury. Yeah. Um, and his head coach talked about that. It seems like he's good to go. It seems like mm-hmm. he's going to play. No guarantee yet. So, so make sure you have another option if you were planning on starting Gabe Davis. But he did aggravate the ankle injury. Well, maybe aggravate aggravate is the wrong word. He used the word like tweet, I think. Um, no, I think it was the report was that aggravated? I saw said aggravated. It did? Okay. Yeah. Aggravated. There you go. So the problem here is that I love this matchup, right? I yeah. love this matchup against the Ravens, and I want to play Gabe Davis. So, like, if he's active, I'm going to play him. Play him. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to play him because the matchup is too good. The Ravens have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers. They allowed the third most fantasy points to out, uh, you know outside wide receivers. Like, I want to play him. So, yeah. you know. It is what it is. I'll take the L, you know, if he doesn't end up doing so good. But I don't want to leave that type of upside on my bench. Yeah, you, know you can't I mean? deny the upside. And, and you yeah. know, that's Gabe Davis's MO. It's the big play. It's and the big play. This, this is, you know, an, a defense that has allowed a lot of big plays. And 
Josh Allen's riding into town as quarterback. He's the guy throwing you the ball. Gabe Davis 100% is a start just off of the upside alone as long as he's playing. Um, Here's what I'm going to say about Gabe Davis, though. If he has another game with low target share, like 16% or, or lower, and he scores a touchdown, I'm selling so high. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because it's just not good. Like, you don't want under 20% target share. You know, even if it's a good offense, like I, I just I don't know. I, I I'm not you, because I think that if he scores in this game, he's gonna have uh, a you know an aura around him where he's like a must start player every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you dra- you drafted him to be that guy, mm-hmm. right? And then he kind of has another performance where he scores a touchdown. Week one was solid, like in terms of production, mm-hmm. not necessarily target share. So yeah, but we will reassess on Monday. Right, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see what happens in this game. Um, but Gabe, uh, but yeah, Gabe Davis, you know, it's kind of his legendary status since the divisional round game, and oh, yeah. we're like, why couldn't that have happened during the regular season when fantasy points actually count? You know, but um, <laughs> so you know, he's. I'm gonna, sure a he, lot of people want some money off of Gabe Davis. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure. <laughs> he's he's still riding that. He's still riding that value. I think you know from yeah. that production he now has inflated value even though he had a rough week last week and the target share isn't there people saw what he could be and it's weird because you know people are clinging on to that and we're seeing stefan diggs do the same thing you know now the target share has moved towards stefan diggs as opposed to one game of gabe davis um he's benefiting big time off of name value right now just because of that it's recency bias you could say from that game and you know, you, you don't want to write him off completely. He had a solid week one, and then week two, just the production wasn't – well, his second week, which was week three, wasn't, you know, spectacular at all. Um, so you, you don't want to write him off this fast, but it's worth considering given his underlying yeah. usage. It's worth considering. You know, that's it's, it's always that it's always the case, you know, because you, you don't want to give up, um, you know, these type of opportunities. That, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, all right, so, so to round out the top 30, I have TK at 24, Mike Williams at 25, uh, McLaurin, at, McLaurin, Rashad Bateman at 26 and 27, followed by Devontae Smith, who, by the way, he got a significant boost in the rankings. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, um, 100%. <laughs> after looking, he looked like Randy Moss last week. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> he was looking like Slim a different Randy receiver. <laughs> slim Randy Moss. Randy Moss is already slim as hell, dude, but shorter and slimmer, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> but dude, didn't he look good last week? Like he no, looked like a different wide receiver. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if he had that's, and we talked about it on a couple episodes ago, a couple episodes ago, where I didn't really know Devontae Smith had that in him. I knew yeah. him as a crisp route runner, sliding underneath, in between guys, you know, beating the zones. Um, I didn't know he had the one-on-one prowess like that. So that was nice to see. That definitely has me tuned in a little bit more. I'm going to be keeping an eye on him this week. Someone needs to clip that, what Zach just said. Just clip that sound bite and just send it over to me. Faraz at UpperHandFantasy.com. Um, tw- 23% target share and 36% target share over the last two games on a pass-first offense. That's what you want to see. Uh, 24% for the year. Uh, AJ Brown is at 31%, right? So this is what you want. Okay, going forward, I think he's a solid start. Yeah. Now, real quick on Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, he'll likely be shadowed by Trevon Diggs. And, you know, what have you seen from Diggs so far this year? Like, he's not getting the picks, but he seems to have upped his game as far as coverage goes. He, he's a better overall corner. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here. You know, I'm the resident Cowboys fan. I'm not going to sit here and just blow smoke up his ass. You know, Trayvon Diggs, this is the guy, you know, he's top quarter cornerback, whatever. But he's much better. He's a much more um, sound overall corner than he was last season, even though he only has one pick this season, and that's good. 
Oh, he does. I didn't even know yeah, he, he, he had it was, one. It was the okay. end of the game, you know, desperation, Daniel Jones gotcha. throw. Who is gotcha, going gotcha. to intercept that? But um, <laughs> but Trayvon Diggs, you know, he, he's been very good, I think, in coverage so far. He's not allowing big plays. Um, most – if. You know, you'll you'll look at receivers' productions against Dallas, and you might see a little bit there, but it's not necessarily Trayvon Diggs covering, um, like the number one guy. And you say about Trayvon Diggs maybe shadowing Terry McLaurin, but that might not be the case because he hasn't really shadowed. He didn't really shadow Mike Evans. He certainly didn't shadow Jamar Chase. I think they had three targets, um, three targets, one catch, fourteen yards, was it, or two yeah. catches for fourteen yards? Yeah, it, 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 it is Jamar. possible. So, he has only played on the right side of the defense on ninety five percent. Uh, of his of his snaps so far this year, so it's very possible that he chooses not to shadow Terry McLaurin. And yeah, on an offense where they have other weapons, right? They have Curtis Samuel, right? They have mm-hmm. um, Jahan Dotson. Uh, Jahan Dotson on the outside it might not be as well. Point. You know why shadow Terry McLaurin? Because these other guys are extremely capable. Yeah, and, and you know Dallas's defense is much better than it used to be. If you remember a couple seasons ago, two seasons ago, they were like statistically worse so it's been a big turnaround um you know nobody's really gashed them yet so right. maybe this could be the game you know washington even though they had a bad week next, last week they have a very good passing attack uh they just have to keep wentz clean we see that's the formula to hold up the passing game for washington is to get the wentz before he can get the ball to his receivers because the receivers are very dynamic very good talent um they have plenty of talent as receiver and he'll pick you apart if you let him yeah for sure all right, so um, we got Gary Wilson and Juju to round up the top 30. Uh, I think Juju is a buy, man. Uh, 25% yeah. target share in week one, uh, went six for 79, dud in a tough matchup in week two, and then 21% target share in week three. He went five for 89 in that game. The dude just hasn't scored a touchdown, right? And if he did, I think the narrative around him would be completely different. Um, yeah. And that's why we talked about him, about buying him after week two. You know, there's still an opportunity here, I think, because – if he had a touchdown in either week one or week two or week three, you know, we're looking at a 20 point game on his fantasy game log, right? Yeah. You know, if he scored in week one or if he scored in week three. So that's it's a it's a lot easier to trade for him now. Those touchdowns are gonna come. And to me, it seems like he's Mahomes clear number one wide receiver through three weeks. Yeah, I, I think that's one hundred percent true. Does he- we saw what he can be in Pittsburgh, and he hasn't really reached that. And whether it's because of the decline of Big Ben at the end of his time in Pittsburgh, that's probably what it was but now he's with Patrick Mahomes and you look what kind of competition does he have outside of Travis Kelsey you know like I don't think there's anybody that Patrick Mahomes is really dialing in on and really just like hyper targeting this is a guy we need to get ball get the ball in the hands of Juju Smith-Schuster is that guy so you're right if he did have a touchdown you know we'd be talking about a lot different you know what's his production compared to Terry McLaurin like you know Juju Smith-Schuster has a much different reputation than Terry McLaurin in the fantasy community. People are all about Terry McLaurin, but they're not really big on Juju. But I think their production has been pretty much the same, right? Yeah, I think Terry McLaurin had two not-so-great games, and he finally had the 100-yard game last week. Uh, If I had to guess, I would guess that Juju has more receiving yards on the year. Yeah. Uh, But it could be close because, you know, he didn't have much in week two. But uh, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. So Juju is – he has 178 yards on the year – and McLaurin has went to significantly higher, actually. Uh, in, in, in he has about fifty or sixty receiving yards more than Juju at this point, so he's seventeen, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know who's above Terry McLaurin so far over in, in over three weeks? Mac Hollins. <laughs> We're gonna keep going back to Mac Hollins. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. it's going to oh, just yeah. keep leading. All roads lead to Devontae Adams getting enough, to, not getting enough targets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you want the rest, the rest of the wide receiver rankings, you can check out the Patreon, uh, which is linked below, or you can go to upperhandfantasy.com. The first article there is going to be the rankings. You just got to sign into Patreon through that. Um, it includes flex rankings and also will include blurbs on a ton of players with some matchup details and all that. Uh, and those blurbs will reveal some sleepers that I like yeah. for this week as well. And the players that I want to avoid. Um, now, before I get to talk, get to tight ends, uh, I want to talk, and we're going to get into the news uh, right after this, but I want to talk about underdog fantasy and their pickups. Um, if you know fantasy, if you play fantasy, you have a pretty solid idea of what the matchups look like and how these players are going to end up doing, uh, you know, what their opportunity looks like going into these games. So, you know, why not check out all the different pick'em options Underdog Fantasy offers? Uh, all you have to do is take a look at the pick'ems. For example, like last night, you know, we had Tyler Boyd, higher or lower than 41.5 receiving yards. T. Higgins, higher or lower than 65.5 receiving yards. Tyreek Hill, higher or lower than six receptions. We did end up choosing higher on all of those. Uh, and you can collect a bunch of those pick'ems and put them into one entry, right? And if you choose higher, if you chose higher on all of those three, like we did, you just six X your money with those three selections in that one entry. Um, so you can have an entry with two pickums. You can have them with three pickums, just like the one I mentioned, uh, all the way up to five uh, in one entry. And if you get all your pickums in your entry correct, then you know you end up multiplying all of your money um, all the way up to 20X what you put in uh, if you if you get five right. So you got to check it out. You know They even offer pickum insurance where your multiplier ends up going down just a bit, but they give you a little bit of a leeway uh, in terms of getting one of your picks wrong. So if you get one of your picks wrong with insurance on, you still win money. You know that's So that's two things sports books don't do. Okay, one, they don't let you get any picks in your parlays wrong, right? You're going to lose no matter what if you get one of them wrong. And two, they don't allow for correlation in one parlay. So I'm allowed to pick Tyreek Hill over receptions and over in yards, right? In one pickup entry, pickup entry. You can't do that in a regular parlay, even in the same game parlay. So, you know, on sports books, right? Um, so check out Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to use the promo code UPPERHAND, all one word, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Again, that's the code UPPERHAND, all one word, to get your first de deposit doubled up to $100. Uh, the pickums are already up, by the way, for Sunday. So you can start putting in entries right now. So make sure you take a look at that. All right. Uh, so before we get into the tight ends, guys, news. I already talked about Amara St. Brown. He's been declared out. Jared Goff, bit of a downgrade. TJ Hawkinson, bit of an upgrade. Uh, if you're desperate, the next wide receivers up are DJ Shark and Josh Reynolds. I lean Reynolds today. I think I lean Shark yesterday. Tomorrow, we'll see where I lean. But as of right now, it's Reynolds. Who knows? It's anyone's guess, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Thomas has been declared out. So Chris Olave gets that bump. We talked about that already. We talked about Andy Dalton being their starter. Christian McCaffrey, he practiced today, which is a good sign, uh, but he's still listed as questionable. It, it looks like he's going to play, but I would still have another option ready just in case he can't go. Uh, we talked about Gabe Davis. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he didn't practice all week until today on Friday. He is on pace to play. Have a backup ready just in case for him. Dan Campbell said that DeAndre Swift is unlikely to play. No surprise there. Jamal Williams, borderline RB1 this week. If you watched yesterday's episode, we did rank him as, like, I think, you know, overall RB10. Is it RB10? Like that? Is that yeah. What it was? yeah. Okay. 
but yeah, stay up to date, you know, through my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. I'll be continuing to update you guys uh, as more news comes out going into the weekend. Yeah, right. And then, and final yeah. note of news, not necessarily fantasy, not necessarily fantasy football related, but we do have a game in London, nine thirty. So we have football all day on Sunday. That's 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 pretty great. <laughs> Woohoo! You get to wake up. I can't wait to tell my wife that there's a game at nine thirty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, no, we so and, and by the way, like if you are a Patreon member, uh, you know, in the upper tier that we do have, uh, it, it's called the Upper Hand Die Hard. We are going to have a Zoom call at 10 a.m. or was it 10:30? I forgot. It, it's up there, but it's it's in the morning, a couple hours before kickoff. If you have any last minute questions, we get on a Zoom call together and we'll we'll talk about all that. All right. Well, you know, whatever decisions you have to make, we'll go through it together. All right. Let's hit the top 10 tight ends. Let's do that. Mark Andrews at number one here. Tough matchup, but, you know, potential fireworks in this game between the Bills and the Ravens. Um, Travis Kelsey at two. Dallas got it all the way up at three. Do you have more confidence in Darren Waller, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Kyle Pitts than got it right now? The only Okay, so this is going to sound really weird because Kyle Pitts is floating all the way down at seven. I kind of like Kyle Pitts to – challenge Dallas Goddard maybe it's just because you know everyone's high on Kyle Pitts he had a better week next week last week so I'm wondering if yeah. he can't build on that performance this week um they're at home you know actually I just got a report saying that Miles Garrett might not play so that might actually yeah. give you know Mar- Mariota a little bit more time take a little pressure off of him to get the ball downfield more to Kyle Pitts um you know I, if I had to pick between who who I think is going to perform better this week I'd say Dallas Goddard but I I don't think Kyle Pitts is that far off from challenging him there. Do you, do you? So where would you put Kyle Pitts here? So we have Goddard at three, followed by Waller, followed by Kittle, then Zach Ertz, and then I have Kyle Pitts at seven. Where where would you place Kyle Pitts? I would put Kyle Pitts probably at five over George above George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, I, I, I that makes sense. Now let me ask you this: Would you put Ertz above Waller or Kittle? Like I'm thinking about it. Like I feel like. You know, I have him at six here. Yeah. But two two straight games of 10-plus targets, right? He's the overall tight end four right now, despite being a part-time player in week one. Zachary's might be a little low. He might be a little low. You know, it's a very beatable Panthers team. And, you know, this could be a good spot for the Cardinals offense to really come together. Um, I, I do like Zachary's as a tight end. Uh, the, he is, you know, the last pretty much the last line of defense before you start getting into, like, streamer territory, unless you consider Tyler Conklin. You know, he is the tight end three. Um, he's a three. Season. Don't disrespect Tyler yeah. Conklin. But um, <laughs> you know, heading in season, he Zach Ertz was pretty much you know the line between you know a, like good every down starting tight ends, and then you know your streamers and the upside guys that you shoot for. Um, I think he might be a little low, but I think okay. I'm going to redo the tight end rankings right now off my head. Ready? Six is conservative. Go ahead. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, and number four Zach Ertz. Number right. five. George Kittle. Number six, Kyle Pitts. I'm moving up Kyle Pitts one. I'm and moving Darren up Waller's one. all the way down to seven. Jeez. All right. I think so. I see that. I it, so. It's a tough matchup. You know, Denver. It, it, these guys a, are all in a very similar tier to me. You yeah. Know? Um, De- but it's Denver like Zacherts has, a... has been actually getting the targets. He's running around on every on every drop back. So, you know, I kind of feel like Zacherts should belong there. Um, yeah. And closer to the top because he's just more dependable, it seems like to me at this yeah. point. And like I said, um, Denver has a very good defense. They've been carrying them through games. So Darren Waller sure. might not see all the upside. You know, when you take a Raiders offense that's been in a funk and you put them against 
uh, Broncos offense that's just been not Broncos offense, Broncos defense that's just been on fire. You know, you have to wonder maybe Darren Waller's ceiling might be a little bit capped. Well, you know, Denver did allow touchdowns to both Will Disley and Colby Parkinson in week one. So maybe there's some hope that Darren Waller finds the end zone this week. Maybe. Silver lining. Yeah. Maybe. Way, to, way to pick it out. Way to pick it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Coppets, you know, the thing is with Coppets is like, can, can we put it together, right? You got yeah. the rap participation that we want in week one and week two. You got the targets and the production in week three, but you didn't get the rapper. The rapper just went way down. Like, can we get both so we yeah. know that you're okay? Like, <laughs> to start <laughs> that, moving forward, I'm more confident in Pitts going into this week than the first two weeks because, I, like I said, there's something to build on from last yeah. week where he didn't that. have that the first two weeks. Uh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I have TJ Hawkinson at eight. You know, he gets a bump. You know, if Amara St. Brown, you know, Amara St. Brown is out this week, so he gets a bump. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll move him up over Pitts. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I got Tyler Conklin at nine here. He's the overall tight end three, like you mentioned, on the year. Double-digit PPR fantasy points every single week through three weeks. Uh, four receptions, followed by six receptions, followed by eight receptions last week. We will see how Zach Wilson utilizes him. But from a rap participation standpoint, 80% on the year. Very solid. Very solid right. there. All right, moving on. I got so I got ten at ten. We got Tyler Higby here, uh, and then at number eleven, you know he's been getting the targets. Tyler Higby. It seems yeah. like he's <laughs> the number two target behind Cooper Cup at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I was Robinson. gonna say. Like he's getting all these targets, and he's like, you know, we haven't seen awesome production from him. That kind of makes him Mister Inefficiency. But right. <laughs> he he gets very nice targets. Um, it's weird because you know. Allen Robinson's there. This isn't how we expected it to be going. But as of right now, you know, you're right. Higby might be the second option. Yeah. So 11 through 20 here, we have Pat Frymuth at 11, Gerald Everett at 12. That rounds at the tight end once. Uh, David Njoku finally had a big game last week. You know, the actual usage met the route participation, you know, that he saw over the first couple of weeks. So hopefully that can continue. Um, we knew it was going to happen at some point because he was running around on almost every drop back. So it's yeah. like you know, the protection is going to come at some point. Um, now, I had Dalton Schultz at 14 here, and this might be a little low. Like he should be back this week. He got a limited session on Thursday. We don't know if he gets a full-time role this week, you know, because of the coming back off the injury. We haven't seen him produce with Cooper Rush just yet. So yeah. I have him outside my top 12 for now. Uh, I think are you uh, would you start him over guys like Najoku, Everett, no. Primuth? Okay. No. I think I think it's fair because you look at the game, even when he was healthy with Cooper Rush, he had one catch, I think, for like eight yards, something like that. He put up a very dismal performance. Um right. Cooper Rush wasn't really targeting him at all in that game. And then, you know, he's out last week. And I think, you know, as a resident Cowboys fan, I know Dallas likes their tight end depth. Um, they have two guys that can fill in Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. Don't roster either of them. Don't trust them to be uh, a fantasy producer for you. Or don't stream them as is an that, option behind Dalton Schultz. Is, is that is that who you picked up before Monday night's game? Hendershot? No, no, I didn't pick up Hendershot. I picked up. Oh, so in that league, you, you just, I you, had hear Dalton just Schultz. you hear what I just called him? I just called him Pendershot. Like, I have yeah, no yeah, idea yeah, who yeah. this guy is. No, so <laughs> I didn't pick him up because I didn't think that either of them were going to do anything. Okay, okay. and th- they were they were all right. Um, nothing noteworthy for fantasy. You don't have to worry about them, but I realized I had Dalton Schultz still in my lineup and I was riding out the game time decision thing. Oh, I see. So I ended up picking up like a backup to the backup Giants tight end. Um, <laughs> and it didn't work out. I was, I still won because, you know, the rest of my team was all right. But, um, yeah, no, gotcha. that was rough. But, yeah, they have two tight ends that they like behind 
Dalton Schultz. They're not going to rush him back. I don't think. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so, so yeah. So, uh, who else here? Who do we have? So we have Evan, Evan Ingram, Ingram at yes. 15, Dawson Knox, Robert Tunyon, Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, and Logan Thomas to round out the top 20. Um, and I do want to point out Tunyon. Um, his route participation has gone up every week so far, 45% to 50% to 60% over the past three weeks. And he was targeted on 33% of his routes last week. So if that participation comes up, right, even more, we might see some legit targets, um, you know, going his way. So yeah. something to keep an eye on, you know, a prospective ad before Sunday, you know, given he's still available in a lot of leagues, um, you could potentially, if you like, if you're in, at need, at the tight end position, he's still available. And if you're shaky there, he could be some somebody that ends up being a better, lo- better long term ad than the tight end you have right now. Right, and, and it's tough because you know at this point in the rankings now, it's hard to call these the top twenty because outside the top seven or eight, you're pretty much pulling straws. Um, but Robert Tunyon, you know, he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and there's still even though Romeo Dobbs looked really good, um, he still I don't think he's necessarily cemented as his wide receiver one. So if mm-hmm. he's going to be looking anywhere outside of Romeo Dubs, it's probably going to be Tunyon, who he has. He has played with, um, I think, the most of all his receivers at this point. So right. you look right. for the famili- familiarity there. We've seen Tunyon do his thing before. He was very touchdown dependent. He was a very good tight end. What was it? Was it 2020? I think he so. Was, 2020. He, was actually, he was actually very good. He, he was touchdown super efficient. Yeah, yeah, super efficient. Touchdown yeah. dependent. But um, he was he was very good. So if he could get back to that kind of production or even anything close to that, you know, you could easily finish this top 12, have multiple top 12 weeks in, in your Well, league. can't forget about Randall Cobb. You know, he's probably the most familiar receiver with with Aaron Rodgers, but right. he's not but, that good anymore. I mean, <laughs> did I see? I thought maybe he was questionable. I might have missed something. I wasn't sure if he was injured or what. Oh, maybe. Time. I, I, don't, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Like, I if I, I see Randall Cobb hurt, it just doesn't affect my brain it yeah doesn't, it doesn't permeate my my, my oh brain that's what it was stuff. so it was last week i guess he had an illness or something but i oh, saw I that he was he was questionable for a short time i think you know the sleeper app shows up and says uh they give you those notifications they're like uh your player is no longer healthy he's questionable oh, yeah. it's like oh that's the best it's like my whole <laughs> my whole line of screen lights up like a christmas tree with all the questionable <laughs> designations it's just like the worst <laughs> You know, it's funny that Dawson Knox is sitting over there at 16. You know, yeah. like, you know, Somebody, we had he's not dependable right now. Yeah. You know, it's possible that he does his thing this week, you know, with a potential shootout. So, you know, if you're choosing out of this group, maybe you go with Dawson Knox this week, right? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people were depending on him as a potential low end tight end one, maybe had top five upside, but <laughs> that is not looking like the case uh, no. at this point. Um, but that's it. That's all we got, guys. Uh, you know, again, if you want the full rankings, including flex rankings, rankings, you can check out the Patreon link is in the description for this episode, or just Google Upper Hand Fantasy Patreon, you'll find it, or you can go to UpperHandFantasy.com, you'll see it there. Uh, blurbs will be included at some point today. You'll find sleepers for this week, some deeper options if you're looking for that. Uh, make sure to check out uh, Underdog Fantasy. Use code UpperHand to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 for a chance to multiply uh, your money on your entries up to 20x you know, what you put in for this Sunday. And you can start taking a look at those pickups today because they are already up. So put those entries in. But that's it. That's all we got. You know, guys, have a great weekend. Um, Zach, you have a great weekend as well. Um, We'll see you guys soon on Sunday. You know, we're going live pretty much all morning. Starting at, I think it's starting at 1030. I'll be live with Lawrence, Lower Don't Lose on Twitter. You know, and we're going to keep going on all the way up until kickoff. So we'll see you guys there. 
I'll take it. Take it easy. See ya. Peace. Bye. I'll see you later. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. Good luck. <laughs>